Hey everybody, and welcome to Was That Really Necessary? The podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels, and we ask the titular question, Was That Really Necessary? I'm here with my lovely and talented co-host, Paul Avishon. How are you now? I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing great. Ah, it's been too long. We are getting back on the saddle again, though. Uh, If you guys have never listened to this podcast before, what we do is we take a look at a movie and then it's remake, it's reboot, uh, maybe a sequel or a prequel that had a nice distance between the two movies. And we really want to explore if it was, you know, an artistic, you know, love letter to the original or if this was just some bullshit cash grab by a studio where they were like, hey, you, you idiot, you're young, dumb and full of cum. Why don't you direct us a remake? You like how I did that right there? I do, I yeah. do. And, you know, there's always, obviously there's always the remakes too that, uh, changing of times. And we're yeah. going to come across those two where it may not be artistic, but it's like, hey, let's put a new spin on this yeah, shit. This like, movie might be relevant if we make a little modern, right. a Romeo and Juliet modern type Correct. of thing. You know, yeah, you know. Correct. There, there, there are exceptions, but I mean, most of the time it's... Most of the time it's a fucking cash grab. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of that, speaking of cash grabs, <laughs> if you guys didn't listen to the last episode, today we are going to explore... Point Break. Now, Paul, yes. we watched the original ones. This was your choice. This was that? definitely my choice. This was, yeah, this was definitely my choice. I'll just go and say that I, I have loved the originals since I was a, <laughs> since I was a kid. Um, we, we're going to talk about it, but I, yeah, I mean, what a cast. So I'm going to allow you to uh, give us what's a, what's a brief synopsis of this film. Just uh, if you had to. You have to run down the plot for us. What would you say it is? Yeah, so this takes place in Los Angeles, California, and mm-hmm. a gang of bank robbers who call themselves the ex-presidents. Not to be confused with dead presidents. Not. Marshall came around at the same time. Correct. <laughs> this is they're called the ex-presidents, and they commit their crimes wearing the masks of you know ex-presidents Reagan, Carter, Nixon, Johnson, and the FBI believes that the members of the gang could be surfers. And they send a young agent, Johnny Utah, undercover to the beach uh, to kind of mix in with the surfers, gather information. Um, Utah ends up meeting a surfer named Bodie and gets drawn into the lifestyle kind of as his new friend. Um, And as it turns out, they are the ex-presidents. It's a classic movie where... The young guy has this theory. No one fucking believes him, well, it's even though it's the old guy. Well, it's Gary right, Gary Busey, and then, uh, then we're Keanu talk Reeves about the, goes along with him. <laughs> yes, and and just no one believes him, and it's yeah. like, but it's pretty odd. Like, so yeah. they do have that misdirect in the middle. They do. They do have a misdirect they, in they the middle. Bust, they bust a group of guys that they think, which features Anthony. Keyes, I was gonna. So <laughs> yes, yes, we're, we're gonna. I want to dive into the cast of this because the cast is so nineties. It, it hurts. Oh, yeah. um, but in the end, they uh, pull try and pull off one last heist, mm-hmm. and everybody dies except Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves. Yep. And in the end, Keanu Reeves, this is important when we talk about the sequel. Yeah. Uh, they find him at a big wave. It's all about surfing. The whole, This one is centered solely around surfing. Solely. Some yep. great clips. Some great surfing clips. Um, it's, it's, so, I mean... Just to get it out in the open, it's shot. It's, it's Catherine Bigelow directed. Catherine Bigelow. Yes. Is, if you guys don't know who she is, first of all, she did you know Near Dark, which is which is damn near impossible to find. But if you can find it, go watch Near Dark. It's the cast of aliens, but in a vampire movie, and it's so painful. But which is also a western. It's so painfully eighties. It's it's amazing. Um, and then she also more recently she directed like The Hurt Locker, K nineteen, The Widowmaker, um, 
uh, what's the other one that she, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's the one she won, won an, the Oscar for, yeah. was Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um, first female to, to win a, to win Best Director. Yep. It was a pretty um, big deal. So what's so not known though very is very competently directed. Very competently, <laughs> and also in the back scene, who didn't get credit for this at the time was James Cameron. Because so James were, Cameron was married to Catherine they, Bigelow. Were they married at this? They point? were married at this because they got divorced, divorced. Like, almost immediately after this. Thing. After Terminator, two. Um, two yeah. Terminator Two, because they were making. Yes. She was making this, and he was making Terminator Two at the same time, and then they, which hilariously, I just found this out. They opened one week apart. Yep. Terminator Two opened the week before Point Break. And they were in the box office at the same time. Husband and wife duo. It's pretty incredible, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but because of that, he couldn't put his, because he was so involved with Terminator 2, they couldn't wouldn't allow him, yeah. exactly, would not allow him to put his name on that. Mm-hmm. So, with that, this is kind of Catherine Bigelow's first big production, kind of yeah. big box office movie to kind of come into scene. I mean, when you look at the cast, you have Keanu Reeves, who even at this time is really starting to come into his own. Yeah, he had done point, movies like Parenthood. Um, Bill and Ted's were in full and full force at this yeah, time. Yeah, Bogus Journey, I think, comes out the year after this. Correct. Movie. But Excellent, Excellent Adventure had already, already come out. This he is kind his of, first action movie. This, right. Which is funny to think of because like he is now just basically synonymous with action movies. Like It's crazy. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he had also kind of come off that uh, Parenthood movie where he mm-hmm. had some kind of more of a serious role for a Keanu Reeves. He kind of had was that the big... year before this? 89. 89. Um, this was 91. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this was star-studded cast. Not only that, you you mentioned Anthony Kiedis, lead mm-hmm. singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, was in it. Um, looking back at Gary Busey, Lori Petty, who at the time was just getting off of A League of Her Own, mm-hmm. Um, you have at that time a very young, at that time John McGinley, but John, John C. McGinley. McGinley. Oh, I wrote that down right away. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, uh, it catches young, you right off the bat. Young, dumb, and full of cum line is a John C. McGinley uh, special. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then an actor who kind of bounces around. You'll see him. If it's one of those. His name's James Legro. And yep. if you see him, you're like, oh, okay, I know exactly who you are. And he's actually the only actor to appear in both Point Breaks. Yes. Um, exactly. Different characters. I was happy when he did. But that but they. They did break. He is the only one to do or be involved with the second point break. But also, I mean, look, you have Patrick Swayze at the helm here. Yeah. This is in Pat Prime this Swayze. Is, yeah, this is coming off a of ghost. And oh, ghost came out this. Yes. And, you know, dirty dancing. This is like in the there's like a five year run where he just taps into the cultural zeitgeist and is just like, yeah, Patrick fucking Swayze is going to be in everything after this, though kind of a steep drop off like he doesn't really do a whole lot after point break which is weird and then he kind of has a slight resurgent in the 2000s yeah with like donnie darko and a couple other things but like he kind of falls off pretty hard after this one um also as a weird little uncredited i don't know if, maybe it's not uncredited but as a weird little cameo too after they bust up the anthony kiedis gang of uh, people that are not the dead presidents, you find out that there is an FBI agent that has been working this case, and then he's very pissed off. That is Tom Sizemore in one of his first roles. A very, very young, very, very skinny yeah. Tom Sizemore. A pre-drugs, I would presume, <laughs> Tom Sizemore. He doesn't quite have that look of desperation. Who then, Catherine Bigelow, would be like, hey, you know what's cool? I'm making a sci-fi movie called Strange Days. You should be one of the leads in that. And I want to put a large blonde wig on you and make you just be a psychopath. That movie bombed super hard. I recommend it. It's also very hard I to find. Recommend it. I recommend it, though. It is very good. I think it's misunderstood. It's a weird 90s sci-fi flick with Tom Sizemore in a blonde wig. 
if you if that intrigues you at all, go watch Strange Days. And it's Catherine Bigelow, so you know it's really not bad. It really is. <laughs> um, fun fact: Ridley Scott was actually helmed at first to yeah. to do this movie, but instead chose to do Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another movie like 1991. Looking at all these movies that yeah. came out was a huge year for Big movies. Shit, um, so it's kind of not a surprise that given the movies that came out that year. Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. um, Terminator, <sighs> Terminator, all these movies. It's, it's I can see why a surfer movie wasn't huge. For all intents and purposes, this movie didn't do a lot of money. No, it, um, it really got well recognized and made money off of its cable TV run because it would just be played all the time. And this yes. is back when that was a viable strategy to either have home video or cable TV because you would pay for the rights to the movie. So that was where it actually made the most money and then garnered the most attention was because people were watching it because probably how you watched it, it was playing on TBS or, or TBS whatever, or whatever it yeah. was over and over and over again. Absolutely. And then as more of those movies came out, you started to recognize like a Lori Petty and you're like, oh, I like the high ones. And exactly. uh, I mean, she has such a distinct voice and character. If you don't know who Lori Petty is, I'll just kind of remind tank you. Girl. She's tank girl. She, I thank you um, <laughs> for some of our maybe younger audience. If you've watched uh, some Orange. Some people that watch normal fucking movies. Normal shit. Um, she was in Orange is the New Black. Um, she was, um, the, I can't even remember her name now from Orange is the New Back, but she was insane, short, uh, brown hair. She helped cover the body. Anyway, um, it's, it's a interesting movie centered mostly around, again, surfing. The stunts are great when you look at surfing, but it's important to kind of talk about that Mm -hmm. because when we dive into this next one, I think the contrast is going to be huge. Um, for some numbers throwing out some numbers there this movie and i say only cost 24 million dollars to make and that's an estimated all these are estimated and that is small considering you have some big name actors in this i mean that today is one actor that's 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 robert downey jr's salary for a marvel movie today in in a sense i mean so (laughs) the fact that you you staffed a whole movie with patrick swayze gary Busey again in in prime gary Busey time (laughs) he was a thing then this wasn't uh gary Busey today and again, Keanu Reeves. So you're you're looking at a, a pretty small budget. Mm-hmm. Um, opening weekend, it did about eight and a half million, which again, not good when you look at some of the other movies that came out in that time. Gross USA, forty three million, and worldwide, you know, total overall about eighty three million. So still to this day, not a huge huge amount of money this isn't considered a classic this isn't considered some blockbuster but i think it's considered more of kind of a cult classic just based on a keanu reeves's acting is garbage yeah it's it's keanu i mean let's can we just can we stop and just talk about keanu reeves i think we need to have a little bit of a conversation about this because as as we said before too it's it's up against terminator 2 in the same week which was the number one movie of that year Silence of the Lambs also comes out that year. Adam's Family, Hook, Beauty and the Beast. Like, this shit, that was a big year. It didn't stand a chance no, in the box office. Um, so, all right, let's 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 get into this. Let's get into some of these discussions. So, I, I'm I'm a bit of a Keanu Reeves apologist. I don't think he's very good in this movie. He hasn't quite found his, his milieu yet. But I like Keanu Reeves as an actor. And I think you do, too. I, I do. I think, there's a, I think there's a place for Keanu Reeves in Hollywood. Do I think he's this beautiful Shakespearean actor? Yeah. No, and he's fucking tried it and yeah, it's has. not good. Yeah. Um, so I think there are here, here's my here's my opinion and this is where I think we're going to start differing and I, I really am curious how you're going to react to these things. I think there are two 
good performances in this movie. I think we have Keanu Reeves as a good performance, solid performance, and Lori Petty. I think there are two great performances in this movie. Gary fucking Busey. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 And John C. McGinley. Oh, John C. McGinley's John C. McGinley, but see, okay, so let's back that up because I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's <laughs> let's analyze that. Gary Busey's role is Gary Busey being Gary Busey. Yeah, but, that, that's, but before that's, he was really known as super crazy Gary Busey. He correct, was but like he's always played that there. gruff cop. Yeah. Like, that's a Gary Busey. That, that role was made for him. It was. Then it you, was it's the gruff cop that suspects surfers but clearly can't pull off being an undercover surfer. Correct. So And, like, he fucks it up at a couple of points in the movie. So it's like, <laughs> he and does. It, again, like you said, I'm pretty. this is one of those moments where you kind of wonder – did they actually tell Gary Busey he's in a movie, or did they just kind of let him just let him film? It, just, well, like, just sit back and be like, "All right, Gary, go." So exactly, <laughs> no, and and that's the thing. That's what I was actually wanted to make kind of that point for both actors, for John yeah. C. McGinley as well. Yeah. So this is pre Doctor Cox. Yeah. For those who don't know who John C. McGinley is, watch mm-hmm. Scrubs. He's Doctor Cox. Yeah. This is the post platoon, post uh, yep. like talk radio. He's he's got but again, notoriety for a, for bit roles. Here this is John McGinley though. Oh, yeah, this no, role was made for him. Well, so. Quick and it's perfect. Too. I just found this out that uh, John C. McGinley went to audition for the role of John of Doctor Cox on Scrubs. Uh, in the description for the character, it was written that it specifically said a John C. McGinley type character. He still had to fully audition That's and beautiful. to get the role. And he because he like walked in, he's like, "Hi, I'm the description for this character." I just thought that was hilarious. That's but fan. Yeah, so you have John C. McKinley. It, they're both hits hits you with the young, dumb, full of cum like line within two seconds. He's yeah. Like, oh, I bet you're the guy that does it. You you don't eat the what is he talking about? Don't eat the donuts. You know, yeah. Like you're eating all. You take the skin off your chicken. You know, all this kind of shit like that. And it's just like, fuck. I love John C. McKinley. Like, yep. yep. This is it. I'm in. Now here's my here's my, here's my controversial opinion that I think we're gonna this may stoke some people. I think that. Of the main performances, because there's some side acting performances that are just not that good because it's a surfer movie, whatever. Sure. Extras. I think of the main performances, by far and away the worst is Patrick Swayze. I cannot stand his, him in this movie. He legitimately might have almost ruined this movie for me. I could not take him seriously. I wouldn't. Personally, I, I see where you're going with it. I, I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I can't say I wholeheartedly say he yeah. ruined the movie for me. He's He is, this is not by any means a good Patrick Swayze movie. No. And, and Swayze, let, let's be honest, like, at this point in his career, Swayze's not a very good actor. He's not bad. He's But he's also never really been asked to flex his chops. It, in his later years, he gets, again, with, like, reference, like, the Donnie Darko role is a well-nuanced. Yes. Yeah, he's amazing in that. And he's got a few other small roles like that where you're like, oh, shit, Patrick Swayze can act. At this point, it's been Roadhouse and Dirty Dancing and stuff that he hasn't really had to act a whole lot no he's so, like keanu reeves yeah so you, it, it, whatever it's just i i couldn't take him seriously and this is a and you guys got to understand too this is not me hating on patrick swayze first of all r.i.p love you buddy but second of all this man made a movie about being a bouncer that has a philosophy degree i was a bouncer that got a philosophy degree this man is my spirit animal I just can't take him in this movie. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's and and I'm gonna agree with you on that. So Roadhouse is up there with one of my favorite movies of of almost he rips all the time. Guy's he does, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> and there's a movie Sam that he's Elliott in. Is his, like, is his 
mentored. Oh, can we talk about Roadhouse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we never. Honestly, I hope we never have to talk about Roadhouse. Well, I think they were trying to get a remake. Of that going Look, anyway, yeah. anyway. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Swayze did do some better acting in his later days. There was yeah. a movie called Eleven Fourteen that, that I recommend. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. Would also recommend. Stamp. But but again, not a Patrick Swayze movie. He's just in it. Exactly. Um, kind of like Daddy Draco. He's he's he's, he's just he's, in it. He's, he's just a, in it. Yeah. So I think those were some better better roles for him as he got older. He aged well. I think he 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 did. He, he, did. he yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, rest in peace. But um, I just I don't I don't like him as Bodhi. I don't like the uh, I so for reference too. Like you you talked about how this was like this is yours. This is yours nostalgia trip. This is another one of those movies that. I I can honestly say I did not see the entire thing until I sat down and watched it for this. I would catch it on, you know, like in between commercial breaks on TV or just watch like parts of it. I never actually sat down and watched this movie until now. I like it. It is it is directed very, very well by Catherine Bigelow. It's got some beautiful surfing scenes. Um, like I said, John C. McGinley, Gary Busey, these guys are fucking great to watch. Like, it's just amazing to watch these guys chew up some scenery and really kill, kill it on screen. They're just fucking great. There is... Certain types, certain things in movies will just irk me to the point of I, I, I obsess over them and I cannot like hear anything else uh, or see anything else. Perfect example, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek remake, I couldn't get over the lens flare, the, the, the yeah. brightness and everything like that. That one weird thing made it so that I couldn't get into the movie, as stupid as that sounds. For this one, it was the ADR dialogue, the additional dialogue recorded, the recording when they're surfing. It is so bad. Oh. It is them going. It's like they're like one hundred percent Utah. Good job. You know, like there's just all these awful, clearly post-recorded, put in there, and I, I, it was. I don't know why, but that just irritated me so much. Plus, the football scene was. <laughs> we talk about how Keanu Reeves is supposed to be a former Ohio State collegiate all, all pro or all state quarterback, and he can't throw to how, save his soul. This isn't the first time he's played a quarterback. <laughs> this, I, I mean, was he's this, this was the first time, wasn't it? This is the first time, but then, then he was he in the replacements. But like, he can't throw. Watch that football scene. He, I know. He, he like, I really wanted his name to be Johnny Utah in the replacements, oh just God. for shits and giggles. Oh I God. do want to mention an actor in here okay, that I yeah. truly love. Um, a, obscure actor. His name's Lee Turgeson. Oh yes. Um, so Lee yes. Lee Turgeson is in this movie in a Wait very uh, yes. So <laughs> he is famous probably probably uh, most well. well he so was he was Oz. yes, and that's what I want to talk. Yeah. Just so him, that's Oz. where I love him from. But yes, he the Bohemian Rhapsody song mm -hmm. from uh, Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Yep. He is the cameraman who is in the he back headbanging, but yep. he's also like the three. Two when the well, one yeah. and then points over. Exactly. That's him. I love you, man. I love you, man. That's that's Lee Turgeson. So yeah. he was also starred in a show called Oz, which is a hard left turn from Wayne's World. Very much. He plays a lawyer who is sentenced to prison for killing a girl in a hit in a drunk driving accident. Who yeah. is uh, really has a tough time. That's all I'm going to say in this. But I, I just wanted to at least acknowledge that he shows up in this movie. I think he is a wholeheartedly underrated actor who does yeah. not get enough credit for really anything he's done. He's been great in, I mean, he shows up in, you know, Law and Order, Criminal Minds. He's He shows up in a lot of those, yeah. but he his best role ever was Oz. Um, he stars and he's the main character. I would say one of the main characters in it. The conflict between him, J.K. Simmons is phenomenal. But anyway, 
I digress. Just had to mention that he was in this. Well, and I want to go back to James Legros for those we mentioned him as the you know the one guy who shows up in both of these. I want to give a shout out to him. He made a living basically playing the California stoner type dude yep. for a long time. He took a hard left on a show that I love, Justified. Yes, he plays a super strung out meth addict, and he repeatedly yes. he shows up like. He'll show up in a season, and then like two seasons later, he's suddenly a major plot point in part in there. Like he just keeps coming back, and his name is Wade something, I think. But he is just such a scuzzy weirdo in that show, and he's got a southern accent. It's like, yeah, fuck, okay, yeah, I like James Legro. And so seeing him in this, I I know him in my mind. He's Wade from Justified, and then I see him in this, and I'm like, oh. And then I look at other things that he's done. It's like, yep, he was the stoner guy from California for years and years, and I just. Yeah, and I think it's really important to point these characters out because when we the whole point of what we do is to compare, yeah. and I, the cast is going to be a big focal point at least for my to air my grievances, if you will, when we talk about the next movie. Yeah. But I know this was an old movie. Did you find any reviews for this bad boy? <laughs> I did. I did find a few reviews for this. So just so everybody knows, too, um, this was. Pretty well received, I think, by critics. Um, it was like a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, for the actual critics' audience score, said about 75 per, or 79%. Sorry. Um, so were, were we were we wanting to start off with a one five star? Yeah. Review? What was your one star? One star review for um, yeah. This is this. I, I, yeah, I, I had to. So, go on. One star. There were a few. There weren't. It's only four percent one star on Amazon. It is not. It is very well reviewed. It is very well liked. Um, I say that the well, this person says the dialogue alone makes you grit your teeth. Not to mention the unbelievable story. I have seldom seen such a poorly made film. Now. Yeah, it's it's, it's the dialogue's the dialogue. It's a it's a movie about skydiving surfers. Yeah, it's not yeah. believable. This is not meant to be a realistic, gritty take on the world. Um, poorly made film is just wrong, though. This is a very well made film. Very Whether well, you like it yeah. or not. And I'm not a huge fan of it, but like it's a very well made film. Mm-hmm. What about it, you for your one star? What do you got? Oh, there? I did. Um, it's actually just titled one star. Okay. Uh, three words: more liberal claptrap. <laughs> Oh God! I love finding the Amazon reviews. <laughs> so, that's it. That's it. It's just more liberal claptrap. More liberal. Cra- okay, so I have, to, I have to. I have to talk about. I'm this. so curious about what. Quick, quick diversion here. So, this this movie. I was, I was watching. There's a football scene in this where they play football on the beach, and my first thought was, this is the most homoerotic scene in a movie, sports scene in a movie since the Top Gun volleyball. I was going to say, since <laughs> Top Gun. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, okay, so this movie is, if you if you wanted to read it, like our friend here that says it's more liberal crap trap, clap trap, you would think that this is a very homoerotic movie. This movie is actually very much, it's shot from a female perspective. This is a lot of, actually, interestingly enough, female gaze put on the main male characters because, like, Patrick Swayze's fucking hot in this movie, let's be honest. No doubt. This is not a homoerotic movie. This is a movie about guys that are very, very close, very tight-knit, and they are, like, that's why Keanu has the inability to be able to shoot Patrick Swayze. He shoots his gun up in the air. Yep. It's because they get, become a very tight-knit community and are not afraid to express their emotions. It is not homoerotic. It is actually just making people uncomfortable. So I think our liberal claptrap tra- clap friend here may have uh, interpreted it a little differently than that. Yeah, it makes me wonder <laughs> about him. Um, how about a five-star? 
Five what you star got? Review. Yeah. So um, there were a lot to choose from there, for this. This is seventy-five percent five-star reviews on Amazon. This is this is a big one. Um, just trying to catch that fifty-year swell. Utah, get me too. That's the title of this one, and it says. Johnny Utah makes his way into a surfing gang via his cannon arm that oppresses all the ladies and Patrick Swayze. Get ready for Keenan Reeves' best performance. Keenan. Neat. I don't. I don't. Who's Keenan Reeves? I don't know. This guy. This this person thought it was his best performance. Whoever Keenan Reeves. Really? Is. Okay. Right on. What about your five star review? Okay. So mine's called Via Con Dios, oh. which is a line from the movie um, yep. used by Patrick Swayze and, and kind of the guys. It's kind of like their uh, giddy up or tally who. Yeah. Um, I will I will point out this person does believe that Flea was in this movie from the Red Hot Chili He is not. I mean, I, I looked it up. Right like, band. Right, right band. band. <laughs> um, I did look it up multiple times just to make sure that I'm not calling this guy out, but he's not in it. Yeah. Um, so it, it is read that this, this is, is not the Big Lebowski. No, he is in the Big Lebowski. Um, so he says that this is my favorite cheesy '90s action extreme sports bank heist movie. You want star power? How about I give you a Swayze in his prime, and I'll raise you a hot young Keanu. Sold yet? Well, let's throw in a cameo from Anthony Kiedis and Fleet not in it from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Want manly sports? How about surfers who skydive? Oh, if you aren't sold yet, go watch Fifty Shades of Grey because you don't have an ounce of redeemable testosterone in your body, son. Wow. I am disappointed. Wow. That was my one-star review. I thought it was pretty great. Five-star review? That's a five-star. Excuse five me. Star. That's a five-star review. That's I don't know what I am disappointed means at the end, but like... <laughs> I'm not sure why, <laughs> why that's um, out there. Yeah, so this I did was... um, also come across a five-star review that I just wanted to mention, too, that was uh, that said, uh, if you like movies with Meg Ryan and the Wild Wild West, then you will like Point Break. Um, I just like to point out, not Meg Ryan, not in the movie, not about the Wild West, but I don't know. So I'm not sure how those factor in there. There's but. that. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, so, cool, 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 cool. All right. So I, overall, I think we we got a, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Point Break, but let's get into this remake. So yeah, four, 2015. 14 years later, let's fast forward to uh, Christmas Day. 24 years. Or yeah, twenty four. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Yeah, math. Um, So it's Christmas Day, two thousand fifteen. Warner Brothers had just canceled their their junket of press releases for this movie. Yeah. uh, Due to unforeseen reasons. Yeah. Um, A movie called Point Break came out on Christmas fucking day. Uh Um, Zach, can you tell us a little bit about? this point break. Yeah, so this point break actually kind of takes it a step further. Um, Rather than just being a surfer, this is a young FBI agent who is an extreme sports enthusiast. Loses a friend early on in an accident and decides, I don't want to do the extreme sports stuff anymore. I'm just going to go into the FBI to help try to save lives. So he goes into this. He ends up finding out that there are a string of robberies. Now, these are not bank robberies like the first one. They are more Robin Hood type. People knocking off and then, like, dropping the cash into a poor area so that people can re, you know, redo their economy or something. I'm not really entirely positive. And he figures out that it is people trying to recreate this, uh, what's the, the phrasing for it, um, the seven something or others yeah, that they're the, trying to do. There's there's a bunch of like crazy, um, undoable basically stunts that these people are trying to recreate and go around. And Johnny Utah figures this out, gets uh, Delroy Lindo instead of John C. McGinley to give the okay that he can go. 
and try to like fly all around the world and find these people that are stealing all this money. So it it's a it's a, a very different take on the uh, the reasoning for why things are happening. But overall, there's surfing, there's bromance. Uh, well, there's attempted bromance anyway, and it's um, yeah, it's 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 similar, but it's it's um. It's not my point break. Hashtag not my point Hashtag break. Hashtag not my point break. <laughs> um, so, getting into this movie. Um, he starts off... He, this, this movie is not good. This is, this is not a good movie. I'm, I'm just going to preface that. It is shot by a guy who was a former cin- cinematographer. So the action scenes, the set pieces for the stunts and everything like that are fucking gorgeous. They really are. Like, this would be a really awesome series of stunt shots that last about 35 minutes. Unfortunately, it's like an hour and a half or two hour long movie with other things thrown in there, which really take away from the beautiful cinematography that this movie does. <laughs> I found out that this guy, it was, this was his first movie I ever actually directed, that he was formerly a cinematographer. It makes sense. Looking at this movie, it is very well shot. It's got pretty set pieces. Even like the, the rave set pieces and stuff like that. Like This movie's well shot. There's no doubt. It yeah. is not well acted. No. Um, I'm, I, I'm curious. So... They, they call him, uh, his name is, in this one, his name isn't actually Johnny Utah. His name is actually Brigham, but they call him Utah in a clever thing. I was like, yes. right, I, I kind of appreciated that. And this is one of those that, kind of like RoboCop, for the first, like, you know, 20 minutes or so, I was kind of into it. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm There's an, to see where they go. So the opening scene that you mentioned where oh, his friend right. dies is, is more than just like, oh, his friend dies. Your heart is fucking racing it is that was off that was a great emotional sentence. you talk about the really cinem- cinematography that not necessarily the acting but the action the, the action and you're like you just said the emotion behind it of it watching a your great way to kick off a movie. holy fuck yeah. imagine dirt bikes with the very first scene of cliffhanger yeah. and you're just like uh, you had me you had me at that scene for a little while my my comments on there i literally wrote down like cool just what i wanted from the beginning of the movie i already don't care about three minutes of dirt bike racing the next line is oh shit he dead wow, that was <laughs> like, i i did that was just me like writing this down as i was watching I'm like oh my god like oh my god yeah uh, and then i even wrote again i like it i hope this isn't another robocop situation where uh, 17 minutes in i hated it well it was like 30 minutes, yeah but it was i started to hate it after a while uh, it's the ozaki eight that's yes. what i'm trying to do Yes. So things that I, this movie is is not good. Again, I'm just going to keep saying that it is is not good. They mentioned YouTube like seven times in the first 25 minutes. Clearly, YouTube gave them something. Yes. There. Yeah. What I appreciate about it is they didn't try to just rehash the original. So yep. it, like, point for that right away. You're not just trying to remake this thing. You are trying to give it a little more depth. They go the extreme sports angle instead of just serving to try to kind of bring it into the into the modern day. I appreciate that, actually, because then it, again, makes for some really cool set pieces and stunts that they do in there. There's still skydiving, but there's also, you know, like the dirt biking stuff. There is some surfing. There's like, it's all manner of stuff. And you just kind of see, get to see these guys do that. There's some rock climbing in a beautiful shot of the waterfall. That whole sequence is gorgeous, kind of boring, but it's gorgeous. Yes. Uh, what and then making them, I thought it was an interesting twist to make the people these Robin Hood types, right? Like I did, I liked it. I actually, I actually liked it. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was kind of interesting. You're, you're again, you're making Bodhi a more redeemable character because this time around, Bodhi is, is Edgar Ramirez. Edgar Ramirez, yes. Um, and and he, <laughs> the problem is that Edgar Ramirez is, he's not a native English speaker. He's not a very good actor. 
So you kind of don't get anything out of him. I get the trying to make it redeemable, and they try to keep him redeemable throughout the entire thing. The one thing that Point Break did really well that Swayze actually pulls off, sort of, is at the end of Point Break, the original, Bodhi's a fucking monster. Like, he's just, yeah. he's, he's, he's crazy, he's clearly, like, losing it, he you know, yep. loses somebody in the last bank heist, blah, blah, blah. Edgar Ramirez, like, loses people from his crew because they were just, like, that's what, they, they died. They signed up for this, they yeah. So he kind of just doesn't really emote. There's, it. exactly. There's just lose it. Yep, there's a scene where their friend dies on a really cool skiing scene and a yeah. snowboarding scene. Yeah. And there's, like... Similar things happened in the first one, and you visibly saw the emotion behind yes. Patrick yes. Swayze. Whether it was whether the acting was good or not, it, mm-hmm. it's more that they tried to project that these are like the football scene. These are our friends. We believe in each other. Yep. This is my family. Where Edgar Ramirez's Bodie was just like, eh, fuck him. That's yeah. what, whatever. That's was, what he signed up for. Yeah, and that's like holy shit, dude. Like, couple that with what's his name, the lead actor. I don't even remember who is. It's just um, also Luke. Not his very, name's Luke Bracy. He's not, and he was. He's done very little. He's you probably recognize him from a few like bit parts. Was he in like a, some Fast and Furious movie or something? Like I that? think so. Yeah. Um, so he's, that's kind of something to also, talk about. He's Australian. So he's stifling his Australian accent and trying to be American, which is always a bad choice anyway. Like it's just. It was. It, he's just. He's. He's a pretty man, and he's got some interesting tattoos. But he is also not. And but he's one of them too. That like, he and Edgar Ramirez. They have a lot of scenes together. Neither of them in this movie. I think they're both probably fine actors. It's just in this movie, neither of them really are. But then they'll every once in a while pull off this scene where you just watch it and you're like, "Fuck, are these guys good?" It's it's really hard to tell. They all of a sudden will emotionally connect. They will have some good like good dialogue. They'll you sit there and you're kind of engrossed in it. You're like, oh shit! And then the next scene, they're like, just awful. They're just like like B level actor like acting studio levels of bad. You know like so the cast terrible. the cast as a whole is shit. Um, Edgar Ramirez, even himself, really the the one thing I would say he's probably most known for would be he was in the um, American Crime Story. He played Giovanni Versace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, he's done it. He's he's really not done a few things. Yeah. You not. have really you look at the rest of this cast, and the next bigger actor is Delroy Lindo, who hasn't been relevant for twenty years. Exactly, and then James Legrow is honestly other than that, this is a shit. Garbage cast. We've got Ray Winstone, who is a fairly well-revered British actor. Um, he's the new Gary Busey character. Correct. Who you can't uh, you can't live. He won't be able to live up to Gary Busey's shoes. So all he does is just make it a grumbly, gruff dude. He's it's, not. He's not trying to do any sort of like wackiness that Busey does. I generally like Winstone. He, if you if anybody knows, he's in The Departed. He's yes. like the main henchman from yep. The Departed. Jack Nicholson. He's the right one who acts for uh, what are you on your period? Yeah, what are you on your period? You, you cra- I'll have yeah, a cramp cramp just, What are you on your period? That's that's Ray Winstone. Yeah, I generally like, but in this one, I don't don't think he worked very well. I generally like Delroy Lindo, and he's fine in this. He's it's just, just not in it. His he's in it for like five minutes. And and his. He's playing the John C. McGinley role. John C. McGinley in the first one is the antagonistic asshole who eventually gets punched by Busey in the end. It's fucking great. Everybody's like, yeah, you knocked him out or whatever. It's it's awesome. Delroy Lindo, like, believes him and wants Johnny Utah to succeed. It's like, what what happened here? I, he's not, there's no, there's no tension in what Utah does. Utah is constantly going back to these people and Ray Winstone sort of doesn't believe him but then also does. That was part of one of the things that made Point Break do well is that, like, Busey and Reeves are just not believed and are derided for everything they want to do. And they fuck up in the the middle of the movie and there's like, you know, they accidentally screw up an FBI like sting on these other guys. It's not the original. It's not who they thought they were. 
There's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like happened in the original. Kind of a yeah. nod to the original. Yeah, and they do that in this movie fairly well. But like, it's just like there's that. There's not that tension because yep. everybody just believes them in the second one. Delroy yep. Linda, they're like the supportive parents. The you know what what the you know they're they're raising millennials. Go get them, Tiger. <laughs> they're giving you them can get them, Utah. For this stuff. And then it turns into Fight Club for a brief period of time where they go to this underground fighting ring because that's a thing when yeah. Utah's trying to infiltrate them. And then um, they actually do explain the title of the movie. I, I appreciated that they were like, yeah, the point break is this. That's kind of fun. Um, but it's they make it PG-13, which is a classic Thanks, yeah. Hollywood movie. We need movie. to talk about that. Um, a classic Hollywood move when you're remaking something is take an R and make it a PG-13 to try to get the broad uh, audience there's a scene in the original Point Break, directed by a woman, I want to point this out, where a naked woman beats the shit out of Keanu Reeves. And it's hilarious. And it's amazing. And if you watch this, it's so very PG-13 in this movie because nothing like that happens. There's no, It's not willing to take a chance at all. And that's just, yeah, it's, I just don't care. Anymore. Like, just didn't care. Yep. So this movie, I will say, has some of the best stunts I've ever seen. There's really there are. two scenes stuck out for me. Yeah. The the apps, well, three. To be really honest, this is this is the only thing that the movie had going for it. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they rob this bank, they jump out of a plane, and then uh, they're kind of interviewing witnesses, and they're like, "We never saw anybody. We never saw shoots go off. We never saw anything." And it's because they fell through this fucking cave, oh, the cave thing. That and awesome. that's where they yeah. let their shoots. I was like, "Holy shit! That is that is fucking amazing." Yeah, There's great. another scene that gave me. I like looked at my watch and saw my heartbeat escalating. Was a cable car. There's um, a scene where they jump off a cliff wearing the flying squirrel suits. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just fl- and it's done like GoPro style. Yeah, and, and they did those. Stunts they too. did really that. Cool. And you're just holy, like your heart is just. At least mine was the yeah. whole time. So what got me was the it was the um, the scene where they jump onto the cable car because I'm afraid of heights. So oh. most of these scenes were terrible <laughs> for me anyway. But they jump onto the cable car. Um, that was actually and see that was another scene too where they. Again, credit where credit is due. They flip it because he in in the first one, Reeves falls in love with Lori Petty, and they have this whole thing. And then Petty is kidnapped at the end, and Bodie's yep. like holding her hostage, but Swayze's holding her hostage, everything like that. He falls in love with the girl Samara in this one, and you're like, oh, well, that's the Lori Petty character. Obviously, there's the analog. And then in one of the scenes, the new Utah like jumps down, shoots somebody that's in full like motorcycle gear, and you're like, oh, that was one of the robbers. Oh fuck, it's Samara. He yeah. shoots the chick that he like falls in love yeah. with. And that again, it's one of those scenes where dude actually does pretty well acting and it was like, wow, that was all right, maybe I'm back into this. Like you kinda got me emotional again. And then it just falls off again and nobody gives a shit. But it's like, holy fuck, like, whoa. There's wow. another like crazy underwater scene that, yeah, that happens. Yeah. It's, just, it's just so if you ever want to, I know we'll save this and talk about it at the end. But <laughs> holy shit, the stunts in this in general. Yeah. Well, they really they really climbed Angel Falls, yes. which is a huge fucking that, that was crazy. Which by the way, also clearly Arcteryx is definitely a sponsor because they show like five oh, different shots of their yeah. their coats that just say Arcteryx over them. There's so um, much product distribution throughout yeah. this movie and advertisement. It's insane. So and, and so the the funny thing is is like they they climb Angel Falls and they like you know they they're going up and it's this kind of intense scene where they're doing like free climbing up this thing one dude falls again like Edgar Ramirez just doesn't seem to give a shit that his friends are dying his best friends See are all dead now uh, 
it's it's kind of an int- decently shot scene. It gets a little intense. Like you're kind of like, oh, it's really interesting. When you stop and think about it, they're climbing about 2,600 feet. Take them about three hours to do this. Yeah, that's a really slow, long boring chase scene. They make it interesting in the movie, but when you think about it, it's probably just the two of these guys just going like, uh, I'm going to get you. Uh, Don't you go anywhere now. Uh, oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> like, for three hours, that's what happened. So, this is pretty much has to be where the budget went to stunts. Because oh, yeah. No, this... it has to be. The budget, the, the, the budget is all on screen. I'll give it that. Oh, much. Yeah. Like you can tell every cent that was spent on it because they flew people to these crazy locations and had them do real fucking stunts. This movie cost $105 million. Again, this is 14 com- minutes of credits in this movie, so I'm not surprised that they, they had to pay all those people. They had to pay a lot of people. <laughs> so, to, again, this is the first one, 1991, yeah. $24 million. Yeah. 2015, $105 million. Yep. Now, here's the fun kicker for it. Mm-hmm. So, again, opened on Christmas Day. Yeah. The first one opening weekend, $8.5 million. Yeah. Opening weekend for the new one, which cost $105 million. Yeah. A little over $9.5 million oh, opening weekend. People didn't care. Oh, <laughs> not only did they not care, so Gross USA... For again, 1991, compare Gross USA, yeah. a little over 43 million. Yeah. Gross USA Point Break, 28 million. Now, again, I know the movie's been out for a lot longer and it's had time to maybe make more money in the long run, but that's not really that's how this no, works for people who want to maybe. Especially adjusted for inflation. That's just no. <laughs> um, guys, this movie was a fucking flop. This yeah. movie the was. Other- Probably one of the biggest flops of 2015. It, it definitely was, because you compare the other movies in 2015, uh, Jurassic World, which made, you know, a billion. Star Wars Force Awakens, well over a billion. Avengers Age of Ultron, over a billion. That's just, that's the top three. You get into stuff like Inside Out, Fury 7, American Sniper, which was a surprising, like, multi-hundred oh, yeah. dollar movie. Um, Minions, The Hunger Games Part Two, The Martian. Like, you guys... At number 12 is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That thing made $200 million domestic. And that's number 11 from that year. Fucking Pitch Perfect 2 suddenly somehow rolled into like $200 million domestic. Too, yeah. Crazily. That movie made, and, and yet Point Break made 28 Oh, no. This is gross. gross oh, opening yeah. weekend, $9.8. Yeah, it, it's just insanity. It's it's, it's batshit insane how, how poorly that movie did. And was poorly received. Critics, 11%. Audience rating of twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And I mean, it, when Not, you when you well, remake a movie, if you're, I, I, and I think we we can all kind of learn this from just the movies that we've already done. Exactly. If you're gonna remake a, a, a cult classic movie, you cannot have a no name cast, and you can't downgrade the rating. And you can't. You can't. You just can't fucking do it. Both of those. And They're not gonna you, sell tickets. You you're, you're remaking a cult, but like you have to understand that like Point Break is well revered. And, but it's, it's, it's not, a, it's still not well revered by the mainstream audience. It's kind of one of those things that people are like, oh yeah, I remember watching oh, yeah. Point Break. Most, nor, most people aren't going to want to see this. It's just this misjudging of like what has a cult following versus what has a legitimate following. And this has a cult following. Point it's Break still does not have a commercial popular. following. No, it, it doesn't. And it, there's still, like people remember it, people know yep. it, but the people that are really, truly passionate about it that would want to see something like this done well, first of all, they don't want to see a remake done of it, period, because they think the first one's perfect. Is such a, it's, it's a minority. It's just not it's not as well revered. It's it's overestimating that reach like that. I guess they just uh, I mean the people that are gonna want to watch this movie are in their mid to mid thirties 
to mid 40s. Those are the people that wanted to see this in 2000 that were that were fans of Point Break. And 2015 to open on Christmas Day, these people have children, families. They are not going to go to the fucking theater to see Point Break. Yep. There were a ton of other movies that open up on Christmas that people want to see. Fucking Star Wars. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a, is generally a Christmas weekend, yeah, Christmas it's, it's week, December, at the very December yeah. opening weekend. You're not going to compete. Whoever oh, thought no. this was a good idea is just honestly a Murphy, movie version of a piece of shit. Well, I'm pretty sure they lost their job based off of the numbers. I fucking hope so. <laughs> so to kind of segue into that, did you did you come up with any reviews? <laughs> Well, yeah, there are quite a few. This one, I was surprised by this. This one is fairly evenly distributed. There were, there's 21% of the reviews, so about one quarter or one fifth of them are one star reviews out of five stars. The one that surprised me, there's 31% five star reviews on this. But to go into those one star reviews, because again, they weren't difficult to find. Nope. This one's titled, One Day Future People Will Know This Sort of Thing Doesn't Have to Happen. Until then, we put a blanket over our heads and our fingers in our ears and whisper, Roadhouse, Roadhouse, Roadhouse. And once again, pray for the Zero Stars option to be added. Nice. Yeah. So mine's going to mention RH as well. Um, This one is titled, (laughs) While the original was not the best, it still has good acting and it was fun. Okay. This is a one-star review. Okay. Um, So... It goes something like this: uh, No one, ha- no one has to be accountable for one's action, or one has to be accountable for one's actions. Mm-hmm. The fault only lies with me for renting this piece of shit. <laughs> While the original was not the best, it still had good acting, and it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. This Point Break put me to sleep, and Echo Warrior shit is getting really old. This is not the first movie to be ruined by the new generation, and it won't be the last. Do not rent this movie. Now I'm just waiting for this new generation to redo Roadhouse and take another classic and put it in the toilet. <laughs> um, this guy is my spirit animal? Yeah. Or woman is my spirit animal? Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think our, our uh, both of our one stars kind of echo each other. Yeah. And like, please don't do Roadhouse. Please don't fucking please redo don't do Roadhouse. Um, I know that movie companies are maybe after Sonic. Maybe they're starting to listen, and if there are Roadhouse plans, that's, that's a good point. Maybe yeah. they just fucking cancel them now because it seems like every this was not the only review I no, saw that said, "Do not remake Roadhouse. Don't fucking touch it." So, if anybody in the movie industry ever happens to stumble across this podcast, just just, just cancel your plans stop because it. we are going to do your movie and oh, we yeah. are going to shred it to shit. It's, unless you somehow manage to make a good, it's Roadhouse not going to happen. Movie, but, uh, it's yeah, going to start a goddamn rock, and it's going to be fucking stupid. I, see, yep. you had me at starring the rock, actually. I'm in. I'm in for it starring the rock. They already did that with Walking Tall, which... I know. Mm. I know. Um, so anyway, <laughs> how, about five, them, how about them five-star reviews? <laughs> um, I had a five-star review that says, titled, Cool Movie. It simply says, Wisdom in a Movie. Very cool. Those are all ellipses, those pauses that I had in there. It's just wisdom, dot, 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 in a movie, dot, dot, dot. Very cool. Neat. I just made the head-exploding motion for those of you that can't uh, see us. Mine's called <laughs> Good Redo. Ooh, Good Redo. Of course I was skeptical going into this movie. Of course. Point Break defined a generation back in the 90s <laughs> and was the only role Keanu Reeves sounded like he fit in. Surfer accent. 
Bill of Turds? Uh, yeah. Anyway, no. Anyway, dude. <laughs> and having Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was awesome, too. Don't touch it. Uh, so I approach this as if I were watching some other cop movie. Except for the two main characters, Johnny Utah and Bodie, the story is nothing like the previous movie. What? With that in mind, I found it very enjoyable. Great high action scenes. Who cannot enjoy great wingsuit videos. As I mentioned, it was, it was spot really on. Cool. I still love the 90s version, but this one can be its little brother. So my... The, the, he's not wrong. But, my, but what my question is, is... Just an asshole. <laughs> why, does, why do people... I... I, I, I I picked this one specifically to kind of discuss, like, if you're going to leave a movie review and you're going to say that the old one was better and you didn't like this, but you only liked a few parts of it, that's not five. That's like a three, maybe a four-star review. So some people, I think, really take that five-star just a little bit yeah, too seriously. Um, so looking at it now, yeah, let's break this shit down. Let's look at the casts. Look at some criteria here. Cast of the two movies, um, I mean, I'm not even going to really go into it aside from it's the first one. It's the original. has the better cast. It's, it's not even, like... It's not even close. It's not even close. Next. Yeah. I think we've discussed this in, yeah. like, several different grievances. Yeah. It's, it's not... It's not... It's, yeah, nowhere near. Um, acting... Neither of them are particularly good, but it's definitely the first one. Well, it's definitely too. the first definitely. one. I mean, we talked... I mean, we, we specifically called out four... Four between good and great performances, and we yeah. all did nothing but shit talk the other one. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much exactly. Um, direction slash script. Now, neither of these guys are going to win Pulitzers for these scripts here. They are not exactly well constructed, or uh, the, the dialogue is not exactly amazing. But the first script is a very tight, very well put together movie script the action works very well there's callbacks and payoffs and everything there's a Chekhov's gun you know you show a gun you have better be using that gun later in there yep. you do a really good fucking job of that the new one nope I mean again we're talking a first time you're talking about a first time director and yeah. then you're talking about again a first time director but who happens to be married and having her hand held and I shouldn't I don't mean it like that it could be a man holding a you know James Cameron behind the fucking wheel pulling yeah, the exactly, strings. Like, exactly. come on. Come on. I mean, at this point, yes, Catherine Bigelow is kind of newer to the scene, but James Cameron at this point is James fucking Cameron. Exactly. Um, you, I, I can't, I'm not going to say a new director beat out James Cameron. It's yeah. not, I can't do it. Yeah. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, it's, it's fucking Cameron. Yeah. It, it, it's just, yeah. It's, it's the old one. Uh, so, production value. Um,. New one. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna just say it. I'm gonna kick it off. I'm gonna just admit it right out. Uh, the new one. We we talked about it. I it mean, looks it's, really good. It does. It's not a good movie, but it looks really good. The stunt coordination was awesome. The vistas that they shoot in the cinematography. It's it was fucking. It's looked really good. Yeah. It did. And the first one doesn't look bad by any means. No. It does look a little dated at this point because it was the '90s. Whatever. Sure. Technology's I mean, come across. Yeah. It's, Technology's it's, come a huge way. But um, yeah, it's definitely on. Uh, pure enjoyment value. 
It's it, it, it this is actually really hard. It so is. So I am going to say I'm curious what you're going to say. I am going to say the 91 version. Um only for that I did like the surfing. Mm-hmm. I like the acting's better. You have the John C McGinley yeah. involved with it. You have some of those classic lines. You have some of that emotional value and even rewatching it today you're like familiarity with the yeah. actors kind of gives you a little bit more enjoyment value to it when I'm watching a actor that I like or that I that I appreciate their work as opposed to I do I like the stunts I like everything in between but I don't like the whole movie I don't like the acting I don't like a lot I don't like the script so as a whole I still say I like the original point original point break as a whole yeah I agree and I I I have my nitpicks with it. I don't, like I said, I don't have any nostalgia for the original. I am not as huge a, a, hugely in love with it. But it, it is more enjoyable to watch. It's just a better made film. Um, but the new one, honestly, I think if I could just do like a master cut of all the stunt uh, stuff that they put in there, um, I could see it. I there's There's a good movie lurking in the new one. It's just not there whether it's the director that wasn't competently able to bring it out whether it was the story that just kind of fell apart or anything like that it's like there's a lot of good ideas it's it's actually i really really think it's an apt comparison to go back to robocop which was very similar to this where there's like i get what you were going for and i see i see the the nuances in the story that you're trying to bring out the 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 changes and i appreciate that you weren't just doing a straight remake that you're trying to make it your own problem is is that you are not as good as in Catherine Bigelow in this case or Paul Verhoeven like hey you know that these guys are really talented directors and that's why those movies work and then when you throw McG or some other bullshit <laughs> shitty director at them it's probably not going to work as well the subtlety and nuance will be lost and that's just kind of where I think so I made a note here that this movie didn't have to be a point break movie no it didn't that's this an interesting point it, it, so to 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 contrast a RoboCop, there was nothing that was a that that, that was, was you couldn't do anything was, else other than make that a RoboCop. You could have taken this movie and actually almost made it a not a not a reboot or a remake of a Robin Hood, but almost a modern spin on a Robin Hood, and sold it that way rather than a Point Break remake. Yep. And you might have actually put a little bit better spent a little bit more money i mean you're already 105 million in the hole what's 110 and get a couple more bigger name actors (laughs) um and make this you didn't have to make it a point break and it actually might have helped you i think people didn't see this because it was they learned from a robocop or one of those other movies that they've done where it's a no-name cast and it's not rated r where the first where the original was a name cast and rated r like you're not selling me like no. nothing nothing on paper on is going to make me want to go see this whereas if you're selling high action with a couple big names you're going to you're going to get that crowd that doesn't want to go see a disney movie a hunger games teeny bot movie there are, there are those people that want to go see a high action movie mm-hmm. on a christmas i mean fuck there's a reason they're still making fast and furious movies yep. these people are out there well, and I want to touch on something, too, now that you mentioned it. That's a perfect segue into we already watched a – we've already seen a Point Break remake. It's the original Fast and Furious. Go back and rewatch that movie. It's almost beat story beat for story beat. It's pretty much just yep. Point Break again, which is hilarious. I don't like the original Fast and Furious, but it's there. 
and it's basically point break. You know, there's like, not enough in between <laughs> them to talk about them in what we do here. Exactly. Uh, and it's I actually appre- remake, I do you know. appreciate the first Fast and Furious. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think it's not a, it's not a bad movie. That would be an interesting one to delve into just mm. what the hell has gone on with that entire oh, series. Jesus, Although I think me. we could, we could probably do it with the Hobbs and Shaw coming out. We now. could. It's a, a reboot, re, it's like a side story. You're right. Anyway. You're we not, could, we're not wrong. Anyway, final thoughts, point break. What do you think? Of the two movies, was it necessary? What are your, what do you, what do you got for me here? I mean, I think I think Jeff, if you've been listening for the last hour or so, that you, it's pretty clear that no, this was un, absolutely unnecessary, a waste of time for the actors, a waste of a hundred million dollars. It it just never should have happened, mm-hmm. ever ever should have happened. Whoever greenlit this should be fired, and I hope they fucking were. Yep, I yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else I can say. Didn't really like the first one, but uh, this, this second one didn't need to exist. Didn't need to happen. So, anyway, um, if you guys haven't really listened to the show before, this is the point where we actually reveal what are we doing next. And this is where I get to choose this time. And I get to, Paul. Paul's going to get to listen to me just reveal this to him. This is You're hearing him react to this in person, live. It's awesome. I love doing this part. So Paul got to choose Point Break. I get to choose this one. Now we are at the time of recording. We are in uh, the it's the day before Thanksgiving, so we're getting into the holidays era. So I was thinking, you know, what would be great if we did something around the holidays, some sort of movie around that. We already did Die Hard. I know, but <laughs> we have. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a twist at you this time because what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch two movies. That are remakes of another movie. That's just been re- it's, this, this movie's had so many different iterations that throughout the years that it'd be really tough to choose. Like, who did the? What would should we watch as the original canon versus what should we watch this? So I'm going to give us two different options to watch, and we're going to weigh them each and see if either of them were really truly necessary as a remake of this original tale. So the original tale is a Christmas Carol. It's been to death, <laughs> motherfucker. This thing has. 25,000 different versions. Do we get to watch Scrooged? I'm going to propose that we watch Scrooged and Fuck The yes. Muppet Cr- Christmas Carol. And we talk about either one of those. So, so just so, of them are necessary. to clarify for our listeners and myself, <laughs> are we watching the original movie? The old original? No. So we're everybody, just going to... Everybody know We know the story of A Christmas Carol. You know what goes on here. We're watching Scrooged. We're watching Muppet Christmas Carol. And we're seeing if either one of those were really necessary. We're not weighing them against each other necessarily. We are just saying, hey, let's watch a couple of Christmas Carol movies and see what we think of them. I am over here dancing for those who can't see. I I absolutely love the. I, I'm not a huge Muppet fan. I appreciate the Muppets. Um, this is exciting. I love Scrooged, so I can't wait for an excuse to watch it again. And uh, Scrooge is another one that I'm not sure I've seen the whole way through. To be honest, it's one of those that I would watch on flip through on TV, and I don't uh, seen can't it. wait. I have by contrast seen the Muppet Christmas Carol about a thousand times, and I'm going to rewatch it anyway. So I thought it would be a nice little twist for us during the holidays. Here's my present. We get to watch two movies that I think we will both enjoy, hopefully, as opposed to one that we will probably like one that we probably won't. This is my Christmas gift to you, Paul. Let's let's do Scrooged and a Muppet Christmas Carol next week. Okay. Uh, next week, whenever we record it. Next week, yeah. Because everybody knows that listens to this show that we release these weekly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, we don't at all. So um, I would love to, you know, hey, chime in. If you uh, do listen to the show, get at us, uh, message us. Let's. I want to hear something. Subscribe. Yeah, what do you guys want to hear us talk about? Um, and to be honest with you, if you're local, we know you and you, you throw something on there, fuck, we might, we might invite you on to talk about it we with us. We do have an extra microphone that's just burning a hole in our uh, pockets to be able oh, to use, so yep. do let us know. Anyway, guys, this was our Point Break episode. For everyone here at Was That Really Necessary, I'm Zach Buell. And I'm Paul Aubergine. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one, guys. Mm-hmm.